Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Good morning, church. Hope you had a great Christmas. I hope... uh, Everything was great and peaceful in your homes, and everybody just had a really good time. Um, That last song we sang was kind of getting to me a little bit. I went and saw my mom and dad on Thursday, and my dad's really doing uh, very sick. Um, He was, on on Christmas Day, he was taken to the hospital. He was non-responsive, and he's got some septus and some things going on in his body, and he's just kind of breaking down. It's kind of getting towards the end for my dad. But um, went and saw them on Thursday, and when I came home, uh, Christmas was gone from my house. The tree was down, the lights were gone, everything was put away, any kind of visibility of Christmas was just removed from my house. So if you think I'm the Grinch, my wife is the one that took all that down while I was away. But I was thinking about during that last song, uh, that we were singing the worship song. I, um, we're chosen, we're not forsaken. God is who he says that he is. I remember when I was a kid uh, playing sports and I was, uh, we were in this, I was playing this basketball game and I was kind of having a bad, um, a bad first half. I only had like two points or four points and I was, I was a four or a five, like a center or, or a fa- or power forward. And I usually average like about 16 or 17 points a game. And I didn't see my dad there, but he was there. He was kind of standing next to uh, the, 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 um, the bleachers. So I couldn't see him because he wasn't in the bleachers. And my dad is a big guy. You really couldn't miss him. He's about 6'8". And, and today, and, and it was kind of funny because on Thursday, the doctor was like, oh, I'm really proud of you. You're down to 403 pounds. He's lost like 50 pounds, but he's still a pretty big guy. And I remember seeing my dad... And he kind of walked up to me after halftime at warm-ups, and he said, what are you doing? He said, you're better than this. I've seen you play. Now, let me see the guy that I've seen play many, many times, and let me see what you can do the second half. And honestly, when my, after my dad said that to me, I had the best half of my entire high school career. I had like 30 points in the second half. And my dad came up to me afterwards and he said, and I was kind of pumped up and he said, see, I told you. And, it was, and I kind of remember thinking, man, I wish you were here the first half because maybe I would have been, you know, maybe I would have had a good half then as well. But the influence of my father in my life has been so amazing. And, and, you know, it's so great when we learn in the scriptures that we really can understand our relationship with our heavenly father through our earthly dads. And that what an encouragement that is to all of us as fathers that are in this room this morning to be the kind of dads that we need to be because our kids do see God through us. Huge responsibility. But isn't it wonderful that whether you're having a bad first half or a good first half, I'm talking about life, that God is who he said he is. He's never gonna leave us. He's never gonna forsake us. He's for us. He's not against us. He's cheering us on. He wants us to win. He's given us the power and the formula to do that. We just gotta submit ourselves and surrender to him to do that. And I'm so, so encouraged by that song this morning, and I hope you were too. Uh, I'm gonna invite your attention today uh, to John chapter one, and we're going to be reading the first 13 verses together. And we're going to, we're going to just kind of wrap it up this Christmas series. 
and I called my message today the Grinch, the Grinch of FOMO. Does anybody know what FOMO means? Because it kind of sounds like it could be bad, right? FOMO. Fear of missing out. I, probably some younger people have heard that. Older people in their 50s like me might not be familiar with that because I, I was told that was pretty old yesterday by a dear friend of mine. No, you are not going to live that down, buddy. It's not going to happen. So John chapter 1, we're going to read the first 13 verses together. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind, the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. What a great passage of scripture in John chapter 1. We read in the book of Matthew, the book of Mark, and the book of Luke, different accounts of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels share the life of Christ, share different miracles by Jesus, but they all kind of give a different point of view God worked through his Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that all scripture was given by inspiration of God. Uh, God's Holy Spirit breathed into these uh, writers' hearts the words to write down for scripture. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John were four different people. When you think of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we kind of think that they were all his disciples. But Mark wasn't one of the disciples of Christ. He was actually a disciple of Peter and then later of the apostle Paul. Matthew was a tax collector, but he was Jewish. And he was very familiar with the Jewish rules and the laws and things like that. So his point of view about Jesus Christ was he was writing about Jesus Christ the King. Mark was kind of a blue-collar guy, a servant, and he wrote about Jesus from the standpoint of Jesus was a servant. Luke was a doctor. There are some theologians that say that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are out of order. It should be Matthew, Mark, John, and then Luke because the book of Acts is kind of a continuation of the book of Luke. But Luke was a doctor, and he really wrote about the physicality or the manness, if you will, of our Lord Jesus Christ. But John was a little bit different. John was somebody who was known as one of the kind of the inner, the inner core of Jesus' companionships. Uh, John was uh, very, very close to Jesus. It was John who was told by Jesus Christ when Jesus was on the cross, paying for the sins of the world, paying for my sins and your sins. And he said to John about his own mother while he was dying, he said, John, behold your mother. And what he was saying to John was, hey, listen, I'm getting ready to die. My time is done. You and I are tight. I need you to take care of my mom for me. She's now your mom. And so John did that. But John also was very uh, understanding of the deity of Jesus Christ. And when you read through the book of John, we read in the very beginning, it doesn't talk about his birth or his lineage or or uh, some of the things that you read in Matthew and Luke about, uh, about all the people that were in his bloodline. John's bloodline 
uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ goes right to God and it says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. And the same was in the beginning. And John was trying to help us to understand that Jesus Christ, even as God's son, it teaches us here about the plurality, if you will, of the being of God. And we know the three parts of God, right? Say them with me. God the Father, God the Son, and what else? God the Holy Spirit. Very good. You all get an A today. Very, very good for your great response, okay? So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He talks about the Holy Spirit in John 14, 15, 16, and 17. But right here, John talks about Jesus Christ is God's son. And this understanding of the Grinch, of fear of missing out, there's gonna be some things we're gonna talk about in this passage of scripture that not only happened in the time when Jesus was born, but I think is very, very true today and relevant for us to understand about the relationship that our Lord Jesus Christ wants to have with us today. So the first thing we'll learn about in this passage of scripture is he came unto his own. He came unto his own. You see, when you, when you hear that, a lot of you this week went to be with your own. I met my buddy Jack the other day. Uh, we were talking a little bit. Jack was going very, 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 very west and going to Amarillo, Texas this week. Super duper far from here, even though it's still in the state of Texas. It's kind of hard to comprehend. And he was going to be with his people. How many of you were with your people this week? Raise your hand up in the air. That's great. That's awesome. How many of you weren't with your people this week? Raise your hand up in the air. Okay, that's all right. How many of you are glad you weren't? No, we won't do that, okay? So you were with your people this week. Today, we have some of our people coming back home. Kelsey and Evan, my, my, one of my daughters, and my son-in-law, and their, their kids, two of my grandkids, are coming home today. It's kind of a dilemma, because I was supposed to pick them up at four o'clock. I'm not picking them up at four o'clock. My wife's gonna go pick them up so that I can be home praying and fasting and... Uh, <laughs> watching some stupid football game today. But we all have our people, right? So when you hear that, that, that phrase, he came into his own, we understand he came into his mom, he came into his dad, came to his brothers and sisters maybe, although he was, he was the oldest, of course, in his family. Uh, cousins, aunts and uncles, different people that we read about, Zacharias, we read about Adam, we read about last week. But he also came to his people, right? His people were the people of Bethlehem. They were the people of of Israel. He came into his people. But the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus speaking about a fulfillment of scripture written all the way back in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah, he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. You see, his own wasn't just the Jewish people or his own family bloodline or the people of Israel, Jesus' own were all that were created. Jesus' own were all the great people in the world, right? But also all the bad people in the world. It was everybody that had a need for a savior. He came unto his own. Why are we his own? Because the Bible tells us in John chapter one, as well as Genesis chapter one, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning. Jesus as part of the Trinity of God, was part of creation. We read it in Genesis when it says in, in a plural form, let us make man in our own image. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He came, the Bible tells us, to be amongst his own. And I'm so glad today that you're with your church family, 
We're here this morning. If this is your first time here, you're amongst people that are just like you. And you say, oh, you don't understand. You know, my life, I've got all this going on, and I've got all this going on. Let me tell you something this morning, and it'll make you feel really good and encouraged to you this morning. There's not a person in this room that isn't jacked up in one way or another. Say amen. Okay, and you can say that about somebody else if you're not comfortable about you. But we're all messed up. You know, it's funny, I talk to people all the time, and and it's hard to talk about your life sometimes, right? Because we always want everybody to see the best of us. Uh, When we had folks come over our house this week, Kim would straighten up the house, I would help straighten up the house, we'd put stuff away, we would spray our house with stuff that smelled like Christmas, I can't wait to get rid of all that stuff. You know, we would do all those things, right, to make make, make our home welcome so people would feel welcome. And, and they would see the best, but they didn't look inside of my attic and see what kind of a mess it was. They didn't go inside of my garage and saw all the stuff that was in our house that we threw in our garage at the last minute so our house would be clean. And we're kind of like that with our lives too. We want everybody to see when we're pressed up, shaven, hair's good, nice dress, nice shirt, nice pants, good look, our, our teeth are brushed, we got two or three breath mints in, we're good to go, we're happy, we got everything good about us. That's the impression we want to give everybody else. But you know what? That's kind of an illusion for a lot of us. Because I'm going to tell you something, I came in a little bit tired today. Is anybody tired today? I've had a cough. Chris and I were talking. I had, I've, I had a cough for like a month. I can't shake this thing. I think I'm going to start drinking again. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, I promise you. Don't get mad at me yet. So, but we all have these things in our lives that we struggle with. And we always look, you know, I love that verse in 2 Corinthians where it says it's not wise to compare ourselves with other people because even though we're trying to make ourselves look good, we really wind up looking like fools. But you know what else we do in comparison with other people? Man, I wish my life was as good as theirs. Man, I wish I had and did all that they're able to do. Man, I wish. I had somebody say to me last week, and I was so encouraged by this. They said, Pastor Ed, you, it seems that you and your wife have a perfect marriage. And we kind of looked at each other and went, <laughs> perfect. I have a great marriage. I'm married to a great woman. I'm very, very thankful for that. But there's no such thing as perfect when it comes to humanity. We're, we can't be perfect. We don't even have the ability to be perfect, even though we want to give off that vibe all the time. And you know what? When you think about the most struggle part of your life, the worst that you are, perhaps in some area or another, you know what you are? Even at that low point of your life, you are one of his own. He created you, and he desires to have a relationship with you. The Bible says he came into his own. Here's the second thing. He did come into his own, but in verse 11, the Bible tells us that his own received him not. This was foretold in the book of Isaiah. It says in Isaiah 53 that he was despised and he was rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whose people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. It says this in John chapter 3. After Jesus talks about that he was, uh, in John 3, 16, we understand that God loved the world. He gave his only son And then in verse number 17, it talks about he didn't come to this world to condemn the world because the world was already born condemned. He says in verse 19, this is the verdict. Light came into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds are evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. He came into his own. He had the answer. He has the answer. It's amazing 
In the United States of America, you could ask people, and I talked about this last week. My message last week was about uh, where, where the word of God teaches us when Peter said to God, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And earlier, some of his disciples, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? Oh, I think you're Isaiah or Jeremiah or whatever. He said all these different names. And then he asked the disciples a very poignant question. Who do you say that I am? And I, I wonder how many people in, your, in the room this morning know people that don't go to church or would not say that they're, they would say that they're not religious or maybe even, I have a friend of mine that, that swears he's an atheist and it's kind of strange. He swears he's an atheist, but he says, oh my God, all the time. So that doesn't make any sense that, 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 you know, that that's happening, but he swears he's an atheist. But if you were to ask even an atheist in the United States of America, do you, have you ever heard of Jesus Christ? Well, yeah, isn't he that guy in the Bible? That there's, there's a little bit of a, an understanding on who Jesus is because we have a Judeo-Christian culture basically in our country. It's still kind of hanging in there a little bit. And people are familiar with the name of Jesus Christ. They know of Jesus Christ, but they've not received him. And the Bible says he came to do something very special for all of us. Uh, he came to save people from their sins. The Bible says in Luke chapter 19 that, that the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And all of us were born lost. All of us were born with the need to have our sins forgiven. All of us were born with the need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We actually have, uh, as much as we have a desire to eat and a desire to sleep and all these things that are kind of inside of us, our, our natural human, we desire fellowship. We desire love from one another. But you know what else we desire? Acceptance and love from God, even when we deny that, because as Jesus said here in John 3, people don't want to go to the light because they like the darkness too much. They're afraid they're going to have to change their life to walk into the light. What does light do? It exposes. He came into his own. But not only is that significant about today, back in the, when Jesus was on the earth, his biggest nemesis when he was here on the earth, believe it or not, was all the people that knew the Bible really, really good. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, they just didn't believe Jesus was who he said he was. Because it, he didn't come to the earth on the terms that they wanted for Jesus to come, to come and be a conquering hero, to come and put the Roman government aside because the Jewish folks and it, the whole country of Israel lived under a very oppressive government. And that was very real to them. It was very real. And they felt that oppression by the Romans all the time. And when Jesus said things like he said in the book of Matthew, if a Roman soldier comes up to you and asks you to carry his his stuff for a mile, you take that stuff two miles for him. That didn't make any sense to the children of Israel because the oppression that the Roman government had on them, it was unfair. They were overtaxed. They were, they were in slavery, a lot of people were. It was, it was a very oppressive government. It was very understandable that they wanted somebody to save them from this awful living that they had. But Jesus came for something much, much better than to establish an earthly government that would have been comfortable for people to live in. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. He came to take care of man's greatest need, and that was to have their sins forgiven and have a relationship with God. You know, one of the things in our country that's happening today, man, I can't wait for 2020. I miss political commercials so bad on TV. That is the greatest commercial for being a subscriber to Netflix, Amazon Prime, and all the other channels is no political commercial. Somebody say amen to that. Ugh, the election this year, Ugh, it's gonna be awful. We're gonna fight with people. 
Facebook will keep our, you know, keep us alive, getting us mad every single day with this stuff. But you know what? It doesn't matter who the leader of this country would be. They're never going to make it the way that it could be that if Jesus was here. Our hope is not in our government. We have a good government. It's the greatest country in the world to live in. But we're not permanent citizens of the United States of America. I want to tell you, in John chapter 14, when Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I prepare a place for you, I'm going to come again, receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That place he's preparing for us does not have a hole in the ground for an American flag on the streets of golden heaven. That's not anti-American. I'm thankful that I'm an American today. But I'm not going to be an American in heaven And I'm going to say this to you, we're not Americans first. We're children of God first. And if we understand that our responsibility is to God, Jesus Christ, to heaven, towards things that are much, much more important than just today, it'll help you to be a better American today. Amen. Thank you, Johnny. So he came into his own. His own received him not. And then in verse 12, what a great, great verse. It says, yet to all who did receive him. Some did, some didn't. But those, to those that did, to those that believe in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Romans chapter 10, verses nine and 10, it says that if you and I declare with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and you'll be saved. But to all that do receive him. A lot of people know who he is. All of us have heard the name of Jesus. If you're in this room this morning, you've heard the name of Jesus, even if it was for the first time. But not everybody receives him, and some people don't receive him. There are people that grow up in Christian homes with moms and dads that take them to church and try to live the best way that they can in front of them and, and do all the things that they could do. But there comes a point in our life where we are personally responsible to make that decision for ourselves. Kim and I have four girls. And our girls are from, uh, Christina's gonna be 32 in January and Emily's 22 right now. 10 year span, all four of those girls. We love our kids, they're great. We're super blessed to have them in our lives. It's such a cool thing. Uh, to, to raise kids and the, the way that our kids have grown up and the way that they love their mom and dad. We're so blessed by that. But there's nothing I could do except live right and teach them that, they would, that, 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 that would keep them uh, from, from coming to a point in their life where they have to make that decision to be a follower of Christ themselves. Now, the way that I live my life can cause them maybe to believe it back to, 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 to where it's real to them, And maybe the way that I don't live my life would cause them to think that I'm a hypocrite because they know me better than just about anybody in this room does. But whether I live right in front of them or don't live right in front of them, they're going to be confronted with the truth that it says in Philippians chapter 2 that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But here's the thing, church. It's either going to happen here as a human being for all of us or it's gonna happen in heaven when you appear before the judgment seat. You will acknowledge that God is God, that Jesus is Jesus, that his Holy Spirit is real. But if you do it here, in the short life that we have, then the Bible tells us that we will live with him forever and ever and ever. But not everybody is a child of God. It says in verse 13, children born not of natural descent but of human, nor of human decision, 
I like that, nor of human decision. Um, Kim and I decided we wanted to start having kids. We got married super, super young. We were 18 years old. And um, we, we kind of were like 20 when we, hey, let's start having kids. Hey, why not? We're supposed to have kids. We're married, right? So we started to think about it. It took us, took us years to have children. I think we were 23 when we had Christina. And uh, it took us a while to have a baby. And, but, but we had made that decision. We absolutely want to have a child. We want to have a child. We're going to do everything we can. The sun lines up and, you know, where the moon's full and everything's perfect and we're counting our days and we're going to the doctor and we're doing all those things that you're supposed to do. The wonderful, wonderful things that you're supposed to do in order to have a baby, right? Well, then there's another baby we have and I won't name which one of the other three because it'll cause them to be insecure the rest of the day. That we found out that Kim was pregnant. We didn't decide ahead of time to have that child. And we were like, oh, yes, we're pregnant again. And I hope it's another girl. That's what I say today, and I'm sticking to my story. <laughs> I cracked, that cracked me up when I read that verse this week. Nor of human decision. Sometimes we don't make the decision, and life just happens. Somebody say amen to that, right? Or of a husband's will. We won't even go there. That's funny, isn't it? But of the will of God. John chapter 8, it says this. Jesus says this. Verse 34. Verily I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in a family, but a son belongs to that family forever. So if the son sets you free, what's that mean? That means if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we've been set free from the slavery, from the bondage, from the relationship that we have of sin. But here's the truth, church. All of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter five that we were born in sin because of our father, way, 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 way back in the beginning, Adam committed sin. And because he committed sin and his wife committed sin, everybody that was born after that carried that same sin trait. That's significant to understand that's why Jesus Christ had to be born of a virgin because we receive our sinful nature from our fathers. Mothers say amen to that, okay? You can agree with that this morning. That's right. My kids are bad because they're daddy. It's okay. So that's where we get our sinful nature from. But to understand this is, is really to understand the significance of Jesus being born of a virgin and not everyone being a child of God. It says in Romans chapter eight, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit, if we're God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Jesus Christ. If we share in his sufferings in order that we also may share his glory. We weren't born a child of God, but we can make the choice to become a child of God, to remove ourselves from darkness to light, to allowing God to be the primary influence in our life. But there are two conditions, if you will, in becoming a child of God. The first thing is this, is receiving Jesus Christ as your personal savior. I'm gonna read these statements to you this morning. I think they're very powerful. If, 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 if Jesus comes to you as a savior, you welcome his salvation. If he comes to you as a leader, then welcome his leadership. If he comes to you as a provider, you absolutely welcome his provision. If he comes to you as a counselor, welcome his counsel. If he comes to you as a protector, welcome his protector. If he, if he comes to you as an authority, you welcome his authority. If he comes to you as king, you welcome and submit to his rule. 
We receive Jesus and we believe in his name. John chapter five, verse 43, it says, I've come in my father's name and, if, and, and you do not accept me, but if someone else comes in his own name, you'll accept him. These Pharisees were saying, we're here in the name of God. We're here in the name of Jehovah. We're here in God's name. We're telling you as somebody that's here in God's name that that person, Jesus, who's claiming he's here by the name of God is not the son of God. And Jesus was saying, wait a second. You're saying I'm not the son of God, but I am the son of God. Who do you say that I, who do you say that I am? Jesus said this later uh, to the Pharisees when he was being illegally tried. Uh, he says, he, he made this statement when they asked him who he was, he just made this statement. He said, I am. And when he said that, right before he was illegally uh, tried, the Bible says the, the, the power of his words kind of blew back the Pharisees a little bit. First of all, they were offended by that because I am is one of the names of God. But God's power in his name came forth that day to those Pharisees. We have to believe in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter four and verse number 12, when Peter and John were talking about what Jesus had done in their life, they said this in Acts chapter four and verse number 12, salvation is found in nowhere, nowhere else and no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. Gotta believe in the name of Jesus. Receive him as your personal savior. That way you won't miss out. All the stuff about Christmas. We love it. It was great. Had a great week. I'm ready for New Year's. How many of you are ready to move on and get past the holidays? Raise your hand up in the air. How many of you are still kind of soaking it in and you love every minute of this and it's great for you? Well, God bless you and your little dog too, okay? It's all good. The holidays are great. We love those things. But in the big picture of life, we must understand it's the name of Jesus, it's the name of Jesus that we follow. It's the name of Jesus that can save us, that can redeem our lives and give us hope and, and give us an understanding of what eternity will mean to all of us. And this is kind of that, that secret sauce. Uh, a lot of my pastor friends, we share books, and I gave some books to some of our leaders this year uh, as, as Christmas presents. And um, I love books. You know what I love about books? I love reading books, and I love giving books that I've read that I really like to way to somebody else. So you can read a book that's got lines and scratches in it, so you can kind of pick up on some of the things that are important to somebody else, but the worst thing to do with a book is read it and let it sit on your bookshelf for the next 50 years. If you read a good book, give it to somebody else. That was absolutely free part of our message today. But we, I, read some, I read stuff on church growth, and I read stuff on how to become a better leader, and read stuff on how God wants to build his church. But here's one thing I really understand, the, the secret sauce to growing a church. I think the secret sauce is this. You take a little cup of inviting people and you mix it with a general portion of God's blessing and he's gonna do something amazing in the church. I, I can only do so much to build the church because the Bible says this, that he's gonna build his church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. So what is that? what's our responsibility in that? We just gotta tell people about the name of Jesus. It's not super complicated. And we make it complicated. Well, we're a kind of church you do. Well, what denomination are you? What do you do this way? What do you guys do about that? Man, we get some crazy, crazy questions on, and I love all of them because people are seeking and we want to be, have an answer uh, to give people that right answer with hope and, and, with, and with meekness and fears. It says in 1 Peter verse three, chapter three, verse number 15. But here's the thing about reaching people and growing God's kingdom. We just got to keep telling people about Jesus. 
And they're not gonna say yes. Every person you tell about Jesus or invite to church isn't gonna say yes. But you, know, you kind of wonder if, put, put yourself in an I wonder if scenario. I wonder if everybody invited somebody to church every time God would open that door. Listen, if we were obedient, and Lord, I'll do that. Ugh. This puts accountability in my life. I don't know if I like that person enough to sit next to them in church, right? We have all these dynamics in our lives. But if everybody in our church would invite people to come to church, guess what? People would come to church. Now, they might, not, they might say no to you and yes to somebody else. But whether we invite or don't invite, God's going to reach people, but he wants to use us to do that. We need God's blessing. And when does God bless? Ready? When we obey. When we obey. That at the name of Jesus... I like some of the family pictures and fun stuff that, that, that everybody that's on Facebook put out about their, their holidays. Different holiday um, traditions everybody has. Man, is, is it becoming like the tradition of all Americans in the United States of America to wear matching PJs with their families on Facebook right now? I mean, everybody in their brown dog does that. We talked about doing that, but it's hard to find pajamas at Old Navy that match pajamas from the big and tall store. You know what I'm saying? It just, that just doesn't happen that way, right? But it's funny. We see everybody with their jammies, and that's kind of a cool thing. Everybody puts pictures up of their food, which is really, really funny because, you know, when you put that up, you're going to get the guilt fest from your skinny, perfectly in shape friends, right? Oh, you shouldn't eat that way. Make a resolution in 2020. Dude, I just want to eat a cookie. Leave me alone, right? And he who eats no cookies gave cookies away for Christmas this year. I don't understand that either. I'm a hypocrite. Lots and lots of fun everybody had. And I, I love that. We, we enjoyed our family too. And we look forward to seeing the rest of our family coming in coming back home today. But you know, we get, we get, we get kind of stuck in this world of, of today, you know? Hurts us with our finances if we only think about today. Hurts us in our relationships if we only think about today. But if we don't live our lives in light of eternity, that Jesus Christ came to this world, died on the cross, that so we can have a relationship with him, and we have a very, 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 very short window of opportunity, whether it's three score and 10 years, which is 70 years, 80 years, 90 years. I told you earlier in the service, and some of you know this already about my father. He's, he's really going through a tough time right now. I know that his days are numbered here on the earth. My dad's only 73 years old. That's not old. It's not. But, and even his days, God only knows how many days he has here on this earth. Just like he knows how many days I have here on this earth. And I just wonder, with all these things that we, that we live for that are important, right? Our houses and our cars and our stuff and our things. And when we see God face to face, none of that, none of that stuff is going to matter as much as whether or not you gave your heart to Jesus. And whether or not you positively influenced some people to have a relationship with him. Whether by asking, whether by inviting, or even more importantly, by your personal testimony. Do people know the name of Jesus because of you? On Tuesday night, we're having a big night. I hope you're here on Tuesday night. It's not going to be late. Uh, we're, doing, we're having a, um, a, a New Year's kind of party, but we're kind of doing it on England time. It's going to be at 7 o'clock. And uh, it's for all those people that... How many of you don't stay up till midnight on New Year's? Raise your hand up in the air. Okay. How many of you would rather do it at home? <laughs> 
I wake up my wife on January 1st about 9 or 10 in the morning and say, Happy New Year. That's our New Year celebration. <clears throat> we're going to have a fun time on Tuesday night. First thing we're going to do is we're going to honor all of our volunteers and all the people that work so hard in so many different areas of our church, from our nursery to our children's to our students uh, and students that work, greeters, ushers, people that do stuff throughout the week that most of us probably aren't even aware of. And we're doing a really special night. There's, there's cards on your chairs and we're calling it our VMAs, our volunteer ministry awards. And we're gonna give some awards just acknowledging. We're gonna have a lot of fun with it too. We have a couple funny things we're gonna do. You can be a part of that too. My wife will share this with you at the end of the service where you can vote for the People's Choice Award for your volunteer of the year. And you just, you go on, it's, it'll, it's, I think it's info at warehousechurch.com, but you just nominate someone that you think has been a blessing to you. Man, I noticed this person is there for everything that this church does. And, and you nominate them and we'll celebrate that together on Tuesday night. But at the end of that kind of time where we uh, acknowledge and, and celebrate our guests, we're gonna have a little bit of a vision talk. And I have a word, a word uh, that, that we're gonna use as our theme for 2020. And I can't wait to talk to you about that and about some things the Lord's laid on my heart. We also have some great news to share with you that I'm not gonna share with you today because I want you to come back on Tuesday night. Just some things that are exciting about our church uh, for this next year. And that's for everybody. If this is your first time here, you're welcome to come on Tuesday night. We're having our last chance for unhealthy foods for the year to end our year 2019 so you could start your diets out good in 2020. But you be here on Tuesday night at seven o'clock. Childcare is gonna be provided, all that stuff we have for you. It's just gonna be an important night so you can find your place of serving, so you can find your place of influence, so you can find your place, you ready for this church, to make the name of Jesus famous in 2020. I hope that they will embrace that. That's not, the, that's not the theme for 2020, but I look forward to sharing that with you on Tuesday night. But I pray that in your life that you don't miss out. People hear the name of Jesus, they don't have a relationship with him. People hear the name of Jesus, maybe only in cuss word form, but maybe today, someone is with us today that doesn't have a relationship with Christ. But I know that all of us in our lives can share that name, the name of Jesus where every knee is gonna bow and every tongue is gonna confess the name, the power of the name of Jesus. I would invite you to pray with me if you would just for a moment. Lord, you've given us, what an understatement. You've given us so much. You gave us your only son. You bless us daily. You've given us the health that we have today, the ability to be in church today, the privilege to live in this great country. Lord, all the things that you give and you give and you give and you give and we keep asking and you keep blessing. It's just incredible. And, and there are times you say no and there are times that you're trying to teach us things, but we are so blessed as a people and we acknowledge that and we thank you for that today. And it just seems like when we think about what's required of us, right? What, what's required of us in response. When we read in Romans chapter five, we read, you loved us so much that you demonstrated your love for us, that even though we were sinners, Christ died for us. And I wonder what that demonstration of love looks like for me. What, how do you want me to demonstrate my love to you? Well, I know you want me to be obedient. I know you want me to love people. I know you want me to tell people about Jesus. I know you want me to be faithful in my giving. I know you want me to be a good dad, a good husband, a good father, a good grandfather, a good pastor, a good buddy a good neighbor to people who live around me. 
and my thankfulness and gratefulness to you is whether or not I demonstrate that obedience. That's what you require of me, and that's what you require of everybody that's in this room this morning. Father, would you help us? Not only today and this week, help us to finish this year strong. We talk about 219 as if it's over. You could come back on Tuesday and take the church home. And we may never even see 2020 this side of heaven. We don't know that. But what we do know is we can be faithful today. So help us to be faithful in living for, proclaiming, sharing, and demonstrating the love and the name of Jesus in people's lives. I'm going to ask you two questions, and then I'm going to finish this prayer, church. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, how many of you know somebody who needs to know about the name of Jesus? You know somebody, whether they're in Dallas or some part of the world, you know somebody that needs to know about the name of Jesus. If that's true about you, lift your hand up with me, because I know a bunch of people. You know somebody that needs to know about the name of Jesus. I know all of us do. All of us do. And I'm going to pray that all of us will have influence with the name of Jesus in 2020. But maybe you don't have never in your life entered into a personal relationship with Christ. You could do that right now in this room with people in this room that are going to be praying for you right now. If you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins to come into your life, you could do that right where you're sitting this morning. So I'd like to pray with you. If, you, if that's something you want to do is, is make Jesus a part of your life, a part of your forever by putting your faith and trust in him. The Bible says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, this is what the Bible says, church, you will be saved. You say, Ed, that's something I want to do today. If that's something you want to do right where you're sitting, just pray this prayer with me nice and quietly. Just say, dear Jesus, just say that to him. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Way too many to remember. But please forgive me of all my sins and come into my life. I believe that you died so that I could be forgiven. And I believe that you're alive and I'm now gonna live with you forever. Help me to live for you. Help me to share you. And thank you for saving me today. And then keep your heads bowed and just saying, Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me today, I don't wanna embarrass you. I'd just like to pray with you. Uh, you don't have to get up or anything like that. I'm just going to remember you in prayer this morning. Say, Pastor Ed, I prayed with you, and I invited Jesus to come into my life this morning. Is anybody like that? Real quick, just lift your hand up, and you can put it back down again. God bless you, ma'am. Anybody else this morning? Father, thank you for this friend that prayed with us this morning and received Christ as Savior. Your word tells us that when one gives their life to you, that the angels celebrate in heaven, and we celebrate with you today. Lord, help all of us, not just starting on Wednesday when it's 2020, but today, find ways to share the name, to, to make the name of Jesus famous, to live a life that'll draw people to the name of Christ so that people won't miss out because of what we're not doing. Help us to be obedient. Help us to look for opportunities to serve you and to bless others so that we can do that in Jesus' name and tell people about you. Help all of us this year find ways to, to strengthen not only this church, but the influence of our families when it comes to the name and the life of Jesus Christ. We love you and thank you for loving us. We ask you this in your name, the name above all names, the name of Jesus. We say this in your name today, amen.